Well, what a joy to be in the presence of the Lord this morning, in the presence of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. It's also wonderful, you know, I look up and worship, I get to see everyone, and all the smiling faces and the grumpy ones too. And, uh, but it's actually looking out this morning, it's wonderful, wonderful for me to see all the people who worked at Snow Summit and Bear Mountain able to fellowship again with church. Amen. You know, now we just got to pray for income for them for the rest of the year. But, uh, you know, the slopes closed down yesterday. So it's, I, I looked out and says, you know, praise the Lord. Our family who's been working every Sunday for the winter is able to come and join us. And, and this morning I just want to I- introduce and welcome uh, Rabbi Antoine with us uh, this morning in service. And, and uh, I got to meet him a couple weeks ago. It's and... Um, you know, God just has uh, wonderful ways of connecting people. He was looking for some music at the at uh, Bobby's PTL Plus, and she didn't have it. She called me, and I found it online, downloaded it, so he could perform last week at at uh, Calvary Chapel. Yeah, he's a uh, so you know after church get a chance to meet him. I got to spend some time with him. What a wonderful man of God! Um, do you want to greet the church? Yeah, you. All right, all right. You could do it from there if you want, and I was looking for the handheld, but I don't see it, but you've got to. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, that is, that is something that uh, um, I hear and I know. Uh, you know, this church, the people in this church is love to worship the Lord. And uh, time and time again, when people come to visit, well, that's, that's what they say. They say, I feel the Spirit of God in the worship. And um, preaching's not the best, but hey, what the heck, I'll stay anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Again, if you're, if you're visiting, I'm, I am really just blessed that you've, you've come this morning to, to visit with us. And, and uh, you, if, if you're not used to humor and, and, and lightheartedness at times in the, in the messages, then um, get used to it because that's the way we, we are here. We, we laugh a lot. We love a lot. Um, but we also take very seriously the Word of God and the um, discipleship and the things that God wants to do in our midst. And so... You know, this morning, um, this, this week, I was really praying a lot, uh, trying to recover from Easter. Easter's always a really uh, a big time for pastors and the preparation and all. Um, and so this week, I was really praying, Lord, what do you want to do? And all week long, I felt like we were going to start a, start a series. And, and it was really uh, yesterday morning that I just felt the Lord say no. And um, so we're going to put that on hold. Uh, we're going to start first, uh, first Corinthians. I, I've been really praying. I f- feel both First Corinthians and Ephesians saying, Lord, what do you want to do? And yesterday, I wish you would have told me this on Wednesday, but I really felt like, no, we're, uh, it wasn't that you probably didn't tell me, it was that I wasn't listening, I imagine. Um, I just really feel like we just want to spend a few weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, so we're going we're gonna to spend a couple weeks talking about um, 
the fruit of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend some time talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, talk about the, the Holy Spirit's work in conversion, and, and we'll, just, we'll just do that for a, a few weeks. Um, over the next couple of weeks, next week, uh, Pastor Mickey Hall is going to be bringing the word, and I'm excited to hear from him again. And so, um, so that's what, where we're going this morning. So, so this morning, and, and there's so much in my heart, and there's uh, so much to be said about this. I'll do the best I can to, to go in some type of a, of a way that we can all get together and understand um, this topic of the Holy Spirit. First of all, it's really important for us to know um, that, that the Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. It's a, one of the three parts of the Godhead. So the Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is. Okay? So often we, I think there's a feeling in Christianity that we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, but it, it's not true. The Bible very clearly talks about the three in one. It's a trinity. And so, so as we go on, uh, we, we need to understand that. Now, uh, we are a, a charismatic, a Pentecostal, if you will, church, which means we believe in, in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But, but sometimes we can, then as, as Pentecostals, we can put the Holy Spirit, in a sense, above God the Father and God the Son. And we don't want to do that. See, it's the three in one, and they work together, each one. Uh, God revealing himself to us in three distinct persons um, who are one. And so it's important that we spend some time talking about each one. And I am really feeling uh, just the need to spend some time in talking about Holy Spirit because we need the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. We need to allow him to move through us. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit about what, what Holy Spirit, why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be a comforter, but also to bring us power uh, as, as, a, as a nation, um, uh, the, the people of a nation, as a people of the world, as the church of Jesus Christ here in Big Bear, um, in this uh, beautiful but very liberal state of California, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to give us power and direction so that we can be his witnesses. The, the, the primary reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that we would be his witnesses in this land and we would have the power to be his witnesses. And so we, need, we really need to rely on him. And then personally as a congregation, we need direction and leading and guiding and power from Holy Spirit in order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish here in the valley through Big Bear Christian Center and through all the missions and, and places that we're connected with. Amen. Uh, as, as, I'm, as, as we're praying and, and I, as I've been praying and just, Lord, we need a touch from you. We need direction from you. We need uh, empowerment from you to be able to reach and to do the things that he's calling us to do. We need wisdom. I need wisdom and the elders and the board need wisdom because we're growing. We are a growing congregation, and I'm so excited. We've got a board who's committed to figuring out how we can do things, but we're going to need to build a building. We may need to go to two services before we go build a building. Uh, we, we've got plans and things in place to, in order to even build a building, we've got to pray for wisdom that we can upgrade parts of this building so that when the county comes out, they'll allow us to build a building. 
Um, last week for Easter, we had 137 people in church. Isn't that awesome? And, and that was just, and we, we were packed out in here. I mean, when we were, we were leading worship last week, it was just a sea of people, and, and it was a wonderful time. I, I believe next year we're going to continue to grow, and so, so if we don't have one by then, for sure by Easter next year, we're going to have to have two services. I don't think we have a building built by then, so we have to have two services. We need to pray for wisdom and how to do that. We also are, are praying and knowing that God is calling us to um, ramp up our small group ministry, that we call them life groups here, and because the, uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is wonderful in the small groups, discipleship takes takes place in a small group setting so we need to pray for for leaders and anointing upon that and so that we can launch some new small groups we're also praying about starting uh specifically some more men some men's ministry um and we're going to be we're really praying about that and believe we're going to get that going in the next couple of months at least at the very least a, a once a month thing but we're also looking at maybe doing a, a morning meeting for the men to come together to read the word to pray and to encourage one another. And so all these things in, 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 in me, I just shake. I say, Lord, how can we do all these things? We need him to empower us. And really, I'm looking out at leaders and, and believers in the body that, that need to be empowered to step up and say, Pastor, I think that God's been calling me to be one of the, a leader and a leader of a group, and we need to connect and get you plugged into a group and, and, and help that to happen. So the, this, this time in the Holy Spirit to be uh, understand the Holy Spirit and to be filled with the Holy Spirit is so incredibly important in our everyday life life. Does anybody have friends, family, or co-workers who do not know Jesus? Okay. Okay. I just, I figured all of us do. That's kind of a, that's a no-brainer, right? We all have people that are in our lives that don't know Jesus. Uh, We're an interactive church. You don't have to feel bad about not raising your hand, raise your hand, but I I do these things. I think it's because I'm a consensus person. Shan goes, you're such a consensus person. But whoever has fear of sharing their faith with somebody else. I'll raise my hand on that one. So, 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 so only a few of us, the rest of you are all good sharing your faith with people. That is awesome to see. That means within a few weeks, they'll have more people here because you've shared your faith, right? And, and, but, but it's true. It's, it's difficult to share your faith. For me, it's difficult to share my faith. And, and I've been in some, you know, really crazy places to share my faith in Hollywood and New York City and Harlem and in, in Ukraine and, and, you know, sharing my faith. And yet still I get locked up sometimes and don't know how to share my faith. Well, the, the primary purpose of Jesus sending the Holy Spirit was to give us power to witness. Power to witness. Now, he said it was, it was also going to be a comforter. And so I, I, need, I need both. I need the comforter and I need power to witness and all the other things that the Holy Spirit does in our life. So we're gonna, I'm going to do the best I can and, and uh, talk about some of the different things about the Holy Spirit. And I also know that we've got a, we got a congregation of people who've come from different backgrounds. I, I love our church because uh, we have you know, people who grew up Baptist and Methodist and, and some Lutherans and some Catholics and you know, Episcopalian. We, you know, I, I think we have so many over the years. We've had all these people who've come, come and, and come to Christian Center and says, you know, I just feel the Spirit of the Lord here and I feel like this is where, where God wants me to grow. And so some of the doctrine about the Holy Spirit uh, might not have been understood. So I want to spend some time talking about uh, the Holy Spirit. 
and the spirit baptism. Uh, I remember we did have a, an elder couple uh, for years, Dan Loretta Swanson's in, in the church, and, and uh, they'd grown up Baptist, and they actually got filled with the Holy Spirit um, in secret. In fact, one of them got filled with the Holy Spirit before the other, and back then, if you were a Baptist and you had anything to do with the Holy Spirit, you could be kicked out of the church um, for, for having this, the Holy Spirit baptism. And, uh, and, he sp- and I think it was, was uh, Dan who, who did it first, and he got filled with the Holy Spirit and was speaking in tongues. And in the middle of the night, he'd be praying in tongues in his sleep, and Loretta would wake him up and say, you're praying in that funny language again. And, and uh, so it was a lot of fun. So they finally both got uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, and so they, after that, called themselves Pentaholy Bapticostals. <laughs> and so... But uh, so if you are a, a Bapticostal this morning or a Methocostal or whatever you might be, um, we want to spend some time talking about uh, the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and help us understand. Now, also, if you've been in a Pentecostal church, in a church uh, for a while, you may have misunderstood some of the teaching on the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it was mistaught, I believe, for a long time within um, churches that believed in the, in the gifts and the moving of the Holy Spirit. That that one, and we're going to explain what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is um, in just a few minutes. But some people have believed that that if you didn't have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, then um, then you weren't saved. Well, that's totally a lie. It's absolutely not a lie. Also, another lie was that you, if you did not have baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit, that you did not have the Holy Spirit. And that's been taught also. That's a lie. And you just, just could call it what it is. It was a misunderstanding and a misteaching because the Holy Spirit is, is what regenerates us in the very beginning to become a Christian. So, so it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So I, uh, I don't know how fast, I don't think we can get it up there. I was going to bring a whiteboard or something up and... Um, this morning we ta- talk a little bit about um, help us understand the, th- the three main points of salvation water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and just to help us see what the Bible teaches and then talk a little bit about what, what baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit means in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 it says for as the body is one and as many members but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, if you want, you can underline one spirit in your Bible. It's okay to do that. We were all baptized. I'm sorry, verse 12 and 13. 12, 12, and 13. So on verse 13, it says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Okay? So the spirit, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ at conversion. Okay? The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ at conversion. When we're saved, it's the Holy Spirit. Now, the word baptism is, is baptizo in the, in the Greek. It means to immerse, to fully immerse and to flood and to fill. So the Holy Spirit floods us and fills us into the body when we're first saved. So everybody who has been regenerated, who is saved, that happened through a work of the Holy Spirit in their life. 
Okay. Now this is this is now now some people would call this uh, baptize. We could say in a sense this was a baptism uh, of the Holy Spirit in the sense that um, the Holy Spirit is the one who's doing the baptizing. So today we have talk, there's some semantics here some, so, so we can understand. So we could call that the baptism of the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit who baptizes into Christ, right? Um, another scripture that's, that's important um, would be Matthew 28, 19. You can go there if you want. But in Matthew 28, 19, it's the command of Jesus right before he's taken up. And he says, go into all the world baptizing them, right? Going to the world, make disciples, baptizing them. And so the second point, the first point, is that the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. The second thing we want to understand is that it's the disciples. Jesus was talking to the disciples, not to pastors. He's talking to disciples, and that's me, and that's you. If you're, if you're a believer in Christ this morning, he wants us to be discipled, disciplined followers of him. He told the disciples to baptize people in water. Okay, so that's a baptism in water. Okay. It's very important that, that we get baptized. Jesus talked, Jesus himself was baptized in water. Um, every time somebody would be getting saved, they encouraged them to be baptized uh, into water. I'm sure the thief in the cross... When he was up there after he received Christ and he had a salvation moment, he would have loved to say to the guard, hey, would you mind letting me come down? I need to get baptized into water. And, uh, but that didn't, that didn't work for him. Um, but, but we can see that baptism in water is very important but not required for salvation. Okay, so you can be saved, you can be, uh, have the Holy Spirit baptize you into Christ, you can be saved, have been converted, and immediately what, says, what that teaches us is that we're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. You're saved, you're a Christian, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you've been, you trans, the, the transformation, the beginning transformation process has happened, and you're going, to, you're going to heaven. The next thing is that the disciples are encouraged to make uh, to go and, and make disciples and baptize believers. So we, it, I think it's very important that we baptize people. We teach about it in church. We have a class. We do baptisms here. So then the third part is where we're going to spend our time this morning. And with that, we can go to Matthew 3.11. Matthew 3.11. This is John talking. And he's talking, he says this in Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, so here's John the, Bapti John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, who we know that he was baptizing people. Now, his baptism was a baptism unto repentance. Unto repentance. In other words, he was helping people see and show that they need to, do, to repent. So really, John's baptism was more of a baptism towards salvation or of salvation. Because in order to be saved, you have to repent. When you're, when you're being baptized, you're not repenting anymore. That's done. Do you follow? 
right? When you, get, when you get saved, when you come to Christ, you have to repent of your sins. And the word repent means to change your thinking and then to change your ways, to agree with God's thinking. That's repentance. So salvation is really repentance. So John's saying, my baptism was unto repentance, was towards salvation, but he is coming and, and he is coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so... If you can follow this for, for a minute, we won't spend a lot of time there, but if you're taking notes, you want to follow this, I can write it out for you later. The first one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into Christ. That's salvation, right? Second, the disciples, you were all, if you were baptized, you were baptized by a disciple, even if it, they were called a pastor, they're a disciple. Disciples baptize us in water. Here at the church, uh, we let fathers baptize their children. Uh, we let life grow. We, we don't let them. We encourage it. We encourage fathers to baptize their children. We encourage life group leaders to baptize those in their life groups. We encourage uh, uh, youth leaders to, to baptize. We encourage you to go f make, make a disciple and baptize them wherever you can do that. Disciples baptize in water. So Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ's salvation. Disciples baptize uh, uh, us in water. That's baptism in water. And then finally it says that somebody's coming. It's Jesus. And he's going to baptize us in or with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So it's important to see that these are three distinct things that happen in the life of a believer. Baptism in the Holy Spirit does not necessarily happen right at the conversion moment. It's something that we're going to find happens often afterwards and so it's important to understand there is something called baptism in the holy spirit or with the holy spirit so i'm even working on my god bless you my um my, my language to to use the right i guess their articles and pronoun or articles that when we talk about baptism in or with the Holy Spirit, we should probably use baptized in or with and not baptized of the Holy Spirit. That makes sense. So, so theologically, if you, if, if you look at these two statements, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ, right out of, out of Corinthians 12, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, theologically, they have to be two different things. See, the... the, the uh, uh, the, oh my goodness! The um, I, I was going going into to, to grammar here, but the uh, the Holy Spirit does the baptizing in the first one, and Jesus does the baptizing in the in the third. So we know that these grammatically and theologically are two different acts, and 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 I think we all believe it, but it's important to say that's what exactly what the Bible teaches. Okay, so what does that mean? Jesus wants to immerse us baptize us, baptizo, completely. He wants to surround us, to absolutely fill us with the Holy Spirit. And that's his desire. We're a week after Easter. The next uh, 40 or so days um, is, is the time that Jesus would have been walking on the earth with his disciples. First, very first time he runs into the disciples, they're afraid and they're hiding. They don't know what to do. And, and we really don't see a change in their lives the whole time that Jesus is walking. You know, we see him fishing. We see him hiding. We see them eating. That's all we see them at the end of each of the Gospels. The disciples are just kind of going, what do we do? 
until the end of Luke, the end of John, when Jesus comes and he says, in just a little while, I'm going to send the comforter. And he's going to baptize you. I'm going to send with fire. Wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And we see the disciples, and that's Pentecost. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more on Pentecost. That's in, a, in about five weeks from now, six weeks. So the disciples go and they begin to pray and wait on, the whole, wait on God to understand what Holy Spirit is. They don't even understand what he's talking about. And they're praying and they're waiting. And in Acts chapter 2 it says that they hear the, the shaking of the room and tongues of fire begin to sit on each one and each of them are filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in tongues. In an incredible time. Incredible time. And immediately... Peter, who just six weeks, seven weeks before, is denying Christ. All the disciples who are hiding in fear are proclaiming in front of thousands of people who this Jesus Christ is. And the only difference was that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit in power and strength. And that changed and turned the world upside down. You know, in the Gospels, the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called the Synoptic Gospels. Uh, basically, it means they're similar. Um, when you read them, you can find that most of the stories are in all three. It's written a little differently because it's written by three different people, um, and, but there's similarities. John, the Gospel of John, uh, was written later and is, and is very different. It has a number of things in John that's not in the other Gospel accounts. Um, a number of things, Lazarus and... Um, the, the woman caught in adultery, I believe, is, is in John. A number of accounts are only in John. There's only a v slight few that are in all four Gospels. One of them is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All four Gospels have that. What does that say? That means it's important. It's really, 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 really important that we get that. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know what else is in all four Gospels? We already looked in Matthew. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. I'm sorry, we'll go to Mark. We'll go right in order. Go to Mar I'm sorry, Mark chapter 1. It's actually going to be Luke chapter 3. I don't know why I said Luke. Mm -hmm. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. John the Baptist again. And, you know, and, and, in, and in, these, uh, in the Synoptic Gospels, um, it really just jumps to uh, pretty much, you know, just, just a, uh, um, Jesus' ministry. Um, in jo Mark chapter 1, verse 8, John the Baptist talking. He says, I indeed baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Matthew 3, Mark 1. Luke 3. I'm sorry, Luke, yeah. Uh, no, it's Ma Mark, yeah. Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3. Go with me there. Mark 3, verse 16. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worth loose, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There it is again. In John 1, 38, John's, John's own testimony. John's own testimony. 133. 
Yeah, this one's, this is, this is, a, all of these are really important. This one's really good because it says, John says, I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Holy Spirit had been around in the Old Testament, and the Holy Spirit has always been around. The Holy Spirit would descend on a, on a prophet, and then the Holy Spirit would be lifted up. The Holy Spirit descended upon Saul, and when Saul sinned and turned from God, the Holy Spirit lifted off of him. King David had the Holy Spirit descend upon him and anointed him, but when he sinned with Bathsheba, the Holy Spirit left him because he was in sin. The Holy Spirit would come and do mighty works on Samson and everyone else, but then the Holy Spirit would leave. That's what we see throughout the Bible. The first time that the Holy Spirit comes and remains is on Jesus. And so John's saying, listen, the one whom the Spirit descends and remains on, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So all four gospel accounts talk about this baptism with the Holy Spirit, which is different than the Spirit converting us, making the conversion in our lives when we're first saved. Do we follow that? It's so incredibly important that we understand that there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that Christ wants us to walk in. He wants us to walk in. Let's go to, we're, we're uh, just one more book, Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. It's the promise of the Father which he said, You have heard from me. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Okay, this is, this is important. And this is just kind of our, our this is our, our, our theology, our understanding of the scriptures to help us understand what's being talked about. That's why I'm spending some time on this this morning. Do you think that the disciples at this point, they've walked with Jesus for three years, they witnessed his crucifixion, his, his burial and his resurrection, and now they've walked with him. Do you think the disciples are unsaved? I, I don't either. I, I think that they are saved at this moment. In fact, in, in just a moment, Jesus will ascend to the Father. Okay? We know that right after he talks to them, he goes up. But the Holy Spirit doesn't fall in baptism for a few more days. Okay? So, but I fully believe the disciples are already saved. Now, some people might say, well, they're saved, but until Jesus ascends to the Father, the work totally isn't done, which theologically, that's partly true. Until he went to sit at the hand, right hand of the Father, you know, there was some more stuff that had to be done. When he did that, it, it, everything was done. But I believe the disciples are absolutely saved right now. So why is Jesus saying, go wait, and in a few days, I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit? If, the whole, if, if that's what people are saying happens when you get saved. Some people say, no, you're baptized with the Holy Spirit when you're saved. Then, then why weren't the disciples <coughs> baptized with the Holy Spirit yet? And, and, if, and if the very next thing was, well, because Jesus hadn't ascended, okay, so he ascends, and then still a couple days later, they get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You, you, you see the timeline here? It's a, absolutely a second work. Some people call it a second act of grace, um, the second filling. 
Um, those are all man-made terms. Help us understand that, that the baptism with the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit, is in addition to the salvation work. So what does that mean? I believe there's a lot of people in the world today, from now and from times past, that repented of their sins, they asked Jesus Christ to forgive them of their sins, and they were saved. Some of them were baptized. Most of them were baptized. So, so they're saved and they're baptized. They, they're going to go to heaven. They went to heaven. That's absolutely true. Nothing else. Some of them never understood or maybe received baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not saying, saying all of them. There's a lot of people who, who never uh, maybe asked specifically baptize me the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of people who didn't speak in tongues uh, who were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The thief on the cross was, was saved and not baptized. There's other people that we're going to find out about in just a moment who, um, who were saved and baptized who didn't receive the Holy Spirit. And then we'll find that, that uh, there were some who were saved, then filled with the Holy Spirit, and so they got baptized. It's a little, little different style for me. I'm, I'm more of a preacher than a teacher. And so, uh, as you guys know. Okay, in Acts chapter 8, there's this, this account. It says, uh, uh, Philip um, was preaching. It says, but when they believed Philip... As he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay. First, first step was they believed, so they became saved, right? So after that, they were baptized. Okay, this is after, after Pentecost, so, so this, is, this is a time afterwards. So some people say, well, once the Holy Spirit fell, that was it, and then everyone got the Holy Spirit after that. So go down to verse 14. It says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might all have wonderful fellowship and have a potluck. <laughs> that, they might, that they might receive them with the right hand of fellowship, right? No, this says that they might receive the Holy Spirit. You follow? So they get saved, they believe, they get saved, they get baptized, and then a few days later, Peter and John come down and go, they don't yet have the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So they prayed for them and they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a lot more. I'm not going to bore us with this. We see the, the thread of Jesus as well as the Holy Spirit woven through the Bible. It's, it's, it's all over. There's, there's a few other things. I'm just going to quickly go over one because I don't wanna, want us to, to go too long this morning. You know, Moses was a type of Christ, right? He, he was a type of Christ in the Old Testament. Well, it said that Moses took them out and, and, and in Hebrews it says that weren't they all baptized in the cloud baptized in the water Moses being a type of savior they were saved baptized in the water and then it says this strange phrase there in the scripture it says and they were baptized in the cloud and the cloud there is a symbol of the Holy Spirit not the apple cloud. Yes. That's a whole nether cloud. 
We don't want to be immersed in the cloud. The Bible says in 1 John 5, let's go ahead and go, go, go here, 1 John 5. This is, this is getting a little deep and theological here, so hang on. See, it's, it's, it's very straightforward and it's also deep. 1 John chapter 5. In verse 6, it says, This is he who came by water and the blood. Now, it, it, remember the whole conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus uh, in John chapter 3, and they're having the conversation about being born again. And Nicodemus says, How can a man, when he's old, be born again? Can he enter his mother's womb? And, and Jesus says, A man must be born by water and the Spirit. Now, um, I firmly believe that uh, some people say the water is baptism in water. I firmly believe that's not truth. I, I actually believe it's the, the, the water breaking. When a baby is born, the water breaks, and they call that they're born of water. The reason why it makes so much sense that's not talking about baptism is because they're talking about being physically, literally born. And that's the whole conversation. Baptism never enters into the conversation. And Jesus says, no, 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 Nicodemus, you have to be born of water, the water breaking, and of the Spirit, right? So, so but, but either way, we, we know it's talking about salvation. You have to be saved. Um, this is he who came by water and the blood, Jesus Christ, not only by water, but, but water and blood. And it is the Spirit who bears, bears witness because the Spirit is truth. Verse 7, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Word here obviously is Jesus, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit bear witness in heaven. Okay, now look, at, it goes, and there are three that bear witness on the earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The blood is Jesus. The Hebrews and Leviticus, both, the books of Hebrews and, Le and Leviticus both say, without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. So Jesus, salvation, blood. Those things are the three things we're talking about. So the blood is salvation, the blood is Jesus. So th there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, baptism, and the blood, salvation. There we are again. Pretty cool, huh? Really cool. We get saved. Which this morning, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, so there's a great day to do that. But it's very simple. You repent of your sins. You say, you know, I've been doing it my way. The Bible says that you've got a different way for me. That I've, I've made mistakes. And in, according to Romans, I've fallen short of your glory. But that if I confess with my mouth that you're Lord and believe my heart, I can be saved. Today's a great day to, to give your life to Jesus and say, save me. Receive salvation. And be baptized. And then we then need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in or baptized with the Holy Spirit. When we get saved, when we get saved, we become a new person. It says, behold, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When you get saved, you become a new creature. 
When you get baptized in water, that old person is cut off. It says that you're baptized into his death and you come alive in him. So baptism is important because it's a symbol of what's happening that, that the old man is, is going to stay down in the water. Okay, you are coming alive, and so the old man is cut off. You're a new creature. Now the old man has been cut off, and when you get baptized in the Spirit, what happens is that you have now the power to walk in the newness of life. We need power to walk in the newness of life. Now, over the next number of weeks, we're going to talk about walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit, and, and, and spend some time talking of how these things happen. Because one of the things that we Pentecostals do really well is we think that you just get filled with the Holy Spirit, you speak in tongues, and then you live like hell. And it, Live, live like the devil. I've watched way too many Pentecostals just think that all you need to do is get filled with the Holy Spirit and then you don't have to worry about anything else. And, 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 it, and it's, sometimes I, I, I go, God, what? I don't understand God and he'll explain it to me. I don't have to understand him. But I believe that there are people who get saved and maybe they get baptized and they get filled with the Holy Ghost but they don't mature. But when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, they get some gifts. They get a gift of prophecy or they get a gift of tongues and they have the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives to say no to ungodliness, but they keep saying yes to ungodliness, but they start walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you've ever been turned off by Pentecostalism for that, I want to apologize for all of Pentecostalism. Because see, when the gifts of God, when the gifts of the Holy Spirit come upon, uh, when, a, when the gifts of the Holy Spirit come upon someone, they are without repentance. The Bible says that the, the Lord does not take them away. Now me, I would take them away. I would say, bad boy, you don't get it anymore. But I'm not God, and I'm not saying my way is right. But see, the Bible says that the gifts of, and the calling of God are without repentance. That means that there's people who are living in sin who might still operate in a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you, the Lord's not happy with that. Because He wants us to bear fruit. In fact, 1 Corinthians, we'll get in there over the next few weeks, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, He says the greatest gift is love. And, and love is not a gift of the Spirit, but the greatest thing of all is love. And, and if you do all these other things and don't have love, then you're nothing. You're nothing. And I tell you, if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you love your neighbor yourself, love, you're not going to live in sin because it breaks the heart of God and you're not loving God. And I didn't say you're not going to sin. So you're not going to live in sin. So you might have a gift of God, but if you're not operating in that loving of God and loving of people, and you're operating in your gift, I say stop operating in your gift and spend time working at loving God and loving people. Okay? I'm all over the place now. See, the, the preachers come back. Teachers done for the day. Throughout, throughout the book of Acts, I've said this, we did a whole series on, on Acts. In fact, if, if you want to go uh, and listen to another message on, on the Holy Spirit, you can go back and search Acts chapter 2 on the website. Uh, we did a sermon on the Holy Spirit uh, back in 2016. 
Um, Acts chapter 2 talks about the, talking about the Holy Spirit. But I, I say it in that sermon series that the book of Acts shouldn't be called the Acts of the Apostles. It should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit always doing things in and through the, the people of God. And so understanding that the Holy Spirit wants to come. And one of the things that happened is, uh, we're not going to go there, but one of the places they found that the Gentiles, um, you know, they, they, uh, they received, they got saved, they received the Lord, and um, they, they were said, well, ha- have you, you know, heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And they said, well, I haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And I think, wow, they went to the same church as some of you used to go to. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. <laughs> right? And so he says, well, then he goes, well, wait, what baptism did you receive? Do you remember that, that interchange? What baptism did you receive? Well, we received the baptism of John. He said, well, he's checking on him. Are you saved? I want to make sure you're saved. They had to receive the baptism of John. So he baptizes them in the name of, the fa- in the name of Jesus. And then he prays for them, and they, the Bible says they receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, they receive the Holy Spirit. That word is important there because just as you have to receive Christ, you have to receive the Holy Spirit in baptism. I'm, saying, I'm not saying for salvation. You receive Christ for salvation. You receive the Holy Spirit to be baptized in or with the Holy Spirit. You say... I want, I want the Holy Spirit. If there's anything that I'm lacking in my life, see, some of these disciples, they were lacking. He says, have you heard about the Spirit? No, we don't know. That, so they prayed for him and they received the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's for us today. So this morning, I'm going to ask uh, Zach and Sean to stack up these chairs real quick. We don't do this very often. We're going to push them over there. We're going to make as much room. We'll just do the, we're going to pray for people this morning to receive the Holy Spirit. And listen, we're not going to do anything weird. <laughs> right now, some of you are looking for the nearest exit. Okay? We're not going to do anything weird this morning. You can do this in your seat. It's fine. But I think it's great to step forward and say, I, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. Heard, I, I'm saved. And, and, and you can come forward for salvation if you want. Just make sure uh, myself or Joe or some, one of the leaders, Mickey, Mikhail, ask him to come up here and pray with me. And, and we're just going to do a corporate prayer. We're not going to just pray necessarily with, with individuals. But we're just going to receive the Holy Spirit today because it's a promise to us who believe, who receive. There's nothing ooey-gooey about it. And, you know, and, I, and I'm going to ask for... For uh, those in the church, I'm just going to just be real open. If, if you're going to pray for people for even from your seat and you're going to pray in, a, in your heavenly language, I'm going to ask that you pray real quietly. Okay? We're not going to shout out in tongues this morning. We'll save that for our home. This morning, we're going to pray for people. You're going to pray in tongues. That's fine. We're going to pray quietly. You're just going to pray and believe that God's going to fill anyone in here this morning who, who needs that filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, over the next few weeks, we talk about being refilled because it's just not a one-time thing. In fact, even Peter himself was filled with the Holy Spirit again. Now, he was orig- baptized once. but like a refilling. Okay? So, I'm just going to ask, and I don't know if they got any background music just to keep the, 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 the sound going, but I'm just going to ask you to come. Thanks, Terry. want to turn on, uh, Terry's going to play, David. I'm just going to just uh, ask for anyone who just wants to come and receive. Just come, come down and begin to pray. And uh, just go ahead and who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Come forward.
And, and don't be, you know, don't be nervous. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. You know, this is just, if, if you feel like it's been a long time and you just want to come forward and, and just have that, that fresh feeling and that fresh touch, come forward this morning. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We recognize that you are the third part of the Godhead. God, we recognize that, that you sent Jesus to save us. You commanded us to be baptized in water, and then you tell us that we should receive the Holy Spirit and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As you're there, we just encourage you just to just kind of lift your hands a little bit, just kind of like you're going to catch something and receive it. Wherever you're at, if, you just, if you're sitting in your seat, just receive. Heavenly Father, Jesus, you said that you were going to send the comfort. You're going to send the promised Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Upon each one who's asking to be filled, to be baptized in, or to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, come. God, we thank you for work of salvation where the, we became new creatures. And the work of, of, of death was, was, was destroyed in our life. We baptized cut off from our old self and we're living anew but we want to live in power we want to live in power and receive power and the gifts that you might have us walk in heavenly father thank you god thank you lord for filling us today for baptizing us in the holy spirit i receive i receive you holy spirit do a transforming work in my life give me the power to walk in the newness that you've already created me for. You have the power to say no to ungodliness. You have the power to say no to sin and yes to the righteous life that you desire of me. God, give me power to be a witness in all the world. God, give me the gifts that you see fit that would help me impact the body of Christ and the world around me. Thank you for filling me. Thank you for baptizing me in the Holy Spirit today. God, do a work now. I pray for each one here at the altar and each one in, in their seat. God, we need the power of the Holy Spirit alive just as Peter did in order to preach to the thousands at Pentecost and to continue on. We need the power of the Holy Spirit showing us, teaching us how to live and where to go. We need the power of the Spirit to help us to live for you so that the fruit of the Spirit will grow more and more and more and more. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you. And thank you, God, that you will continue to unfold the Scriptures over these next few weeks about what walking in the Spirit means, about living in the Spirit. You'll help us to understand the fruit of the Spirit and that we would focus upon you and live for you, God, and that that fruit would begin to grow more and more. I pray a blessing on everyone here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stay at the altar as long as you want and fellowship with one another as you leave. And amen.